Hello and welcome to another installment of Casual Tracker. This is a quick review of my thoughts on the newest episode of Star Trek Prodigy, Kobayashi. Kobayashi, however you say it. And there is spoilers, so after this point, spoilers. So I had watched all the YouTuber people and been thinking about what could happen based off of the preview we saw. And I was like, who, who, who are they going to get? I did like the name drop of James Tiberius Kirk. That was great. And what I, what I especially loved, especially loved, which apparently some people did not like, but I just embraced the hell out of it, was when they brought back previous uh, audio from the actual people playing the role. It, it, instead of just getting like voice actors or someone to like sound like them because because if they did that it would be criticized of why didn't you just do it do it why didn't you do it just do it like this and so the the drawing from actual line set from the actual actors of uh, Scotty and Spock and uh, Odo and Uhura I thought was Fantastic, not to mention Beverly, with the crusher. I mean, the whole thing was good. I do wish that we saw more of the Enterprise D, so that just one little shot of him accidentally destroying it. But outside of that, we got to see some Klingons, and they look like Klingons, so that was a, a big thing. What are the Klingons gonna look like? Are they gonna look like Discovery Klingons, or are they gonna look like? The, what, what we call prime timeline uh, Klingons and I think that I think they, they are going to get a big win here with the, with the fans of how the Klingons look because it looked like Klingons and now we have because they used actual audio from the actual actors we now have a, a legitimate crossover the previous show. Janeway is part of the show, so it doesn't necessarily count as a crossover character per se. Kind of like Leonard Nimoy having his image shown on Discovery, crossed him over. He, the character wasn't already part of that show itself. So we got Ahura, we got Scotty, we got Spock, which is doing the nerve pinch, and then I'm pretty his 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 outfit seemed to look like it was cost error appropriate or not, it didn't look like it was the uh, updated version that we're seeing in Strange New Worlds that we got on that uh, sneak peek a while back. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought the uh, the song thing was a callback to the Kelvin uh, timeline movies when they use that that song to distract and then do, and do their thing, I think in Star Trek, in Star Trek Beyond, which I thought was kind of cool. And then transferring over to the Klingon ship and then Dahl not have understanding how hol not not understanding how holodecks work. So uh, I I thought the overall episode was great. I mean no part actually really took me out of it. I was more like ecstatic and happy, give me more rather than, oh, the audio is scratchy. Oh no, my ears, ah I'm not that complaining. I'm not that whiny. The fact that they did it was great. I want them to do that. I literally want them to do that. That's what I want them to do. I don't want a voice actor who sounds like the person because that's not really the same thing. I'd rather the actor over just the character. 
Like if 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 that wasn't Be Beverly Crusher, then it really won't matter too greatly because it wasn't Gates McFadden. If it's Wanda Jenkins, a voice actress, then they included the character, which is fine, but it wouldn't have been the actress. Kind of like the animated series of of the of, 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 of the original series. I don't think it would be as beloved or loved if it didn't have the actual voice actors that portrayed them live action. If they got a bunch of people that sounded like them, I don't think it would have been anywhere near as great. And I think that using the actual actors audio from previous Star Trek in, uh, um, it, it, iterations kind of helps bring it into the fold a little bit more and connects it and puts it into prime canon so you so the argument can no longer really be that oh it exists in the Kelvin timeline or it exists separate because they're using actual audio from Spock Leonard Nimoy from previous incarnations of different episodes and movies they are firmly putting it into the prime timeline it is like basically uh, Lord X but not as many references and I gotta say it didn't seem like they were at that warp speed for that long and they went 4,000 light years that's a lot all the way in the gamma quadrant now they're no longer even in the delta quadrant so the diviner unless he's got some tracking device or something to follow he's gonna take him a minute because space travel just then because we're we're it's only 23 it's only 2383 so the warp speed technology should really be close to where it is in lower decks and unless the Titan doesn't have the best warp shift and they, ever, they didn't talk about it going on there, you're only two or three years away from Lord X time. So the, the, the Diviner didn't seem like he could go anywhere in the, in, in, the, in the galaxy. So in most of the time when we were in Voyager or watching uh, other, uh, other aliens warp speed, they were similar in speed to what what Voyager was. They weren't like drastically different. You didn't get like the Kazon and then like warp 27 and then Jay would be like, oh no, we can't catch him. So they were all similar in, in, in warp scale every time they ran into an alien in any one of the series. So drawing from that history, you would assume that the Diviner would be similarly paced with warp. So they're going to get a little bit of break. Maybe the Diviner isn't going to be a heavy hitter in these next the next four the next four episodes and his thing is going to be more the next 10 which i think would be good because at the end of this one we got to see captain jacote and we got to see uh how he was the captain of the ship we just have now just updated memory alpha <laughs> so now jacote has more history they literally just 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 added that added that added that in there and now that's a thing so, but now the big question that should be on everyone's mind is, uh, in part in the French, what the actual fuck? It says 17 years earlier, and, and I can't do math that good in my head, so I got my calculator out, and it was 2383, subtract 17 years, it makes it be in the second season of TNG. And, um, unless I don't, I don't, I don't understand how linear time works, Janeway didn't become a thing until 2371 or whatever it was. So, if there is no time travel, 
there is no way that the Janeway program could be on the Protostar in 2366. And that's it's even longer. They were there to find it. So there's a gap in time uh, of how long it has been down there at the moment. So they might have found it, but it could have been down there for two or three years. So it might even be pre-TNG era. It could be inside of that gap between TOS and TNG. And one of the things that I'm really happy about, really, really happy about, is they didn't like, they didn't do what they did in, Term in Terminator uh, Genesis, where like, who sent you? Those memory files have been de have been deleted. Oh, convenient. Then you don't really have a reason. You don't want to reveal that information, and then you just kind of stall your entire story, and you gotta wait and it takes forever, like pulling teeth. They didn't do that. They did here, and it's classified. And then Gwen's like, give me a moment. And then she does her thing. And then she interprets and then uses a phrase that her dad always says. And then bing bada boom, they have access. And that's where how you get into the Jakote, uh, the last log or hail or whatever he was doing. It's not exactly clear per se on what, on what was happening. It might, might, have been just a, might have been a distress call that they were playing again. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next episode. I, I feel it's going to be uh, log-centric, and they're going to really get into Chakotay. So we might, it might, might even see two. We might even see a holographic uh, uh, Chakotay, along with actually meeting Chakotay and his crew who are trying to find the Protostar. And it makes more sense why Chakotay is looking for, for, is looking for it, because it was his old ship, kind of like in uh, Timeless and Voyager. When Harry, Kim, and Chakotay got through the ship frame, they got back to the stack of the Federation, and the ship got lost. And then Chakotay comes back with his girlfriend and Kim to find it to try to get to use time travel to undo those events and save and save Voyager. And then the Doctor gives Kim the suggestion to just stop it completely. They might not get back, but at least they'll all they'll, they'll all they'll all be alive and they'll have a chance to get back to the Federation in the future. So. It gives it, drawing on that. It makes sense why Jakoti would be coming back for his ship. So all in all, I thought the episode was really good. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of like drawing things out. I don't need people to say certain things. I don't need certain scenes to happen. I mean, it's in a it's in a it's in a it's in a. See, when you're looking at TNG and you're looking at Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, the original series, the movies, you're looking at arcs. You're looking at things that 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 are are said. And things that pay off and things that start here and, and, and end here but you don't necessarily need all of it in one episode like if you if you if you resolve something and or you make it look like you're okay it doesn't mean you're okay maybe it's gonna take a little bit more time and she's just able to do it like what I saw from Gwen from being in sick bay to helping out to Realizing that Dahl did care after he said that he didn't, and it was Janeway that told him the two go back, and he, and then Zero trying to be friends with her. There was a lot of subtext and stuff going on there to bring Gwen onto to onto that bridge and to help because they cared about her. Her father did it. I don't need someone to say those lines for me. I don't need that conversation to be had between anyone. I can just fill that. I can just fill that in. There's a bunch of YouTubers that need lines set, specific words, or they should have said this. They should have said that. Like, just fuck off. You don't need to have particular lines said to make a story good. I can just fill in those damn blanks my damn self. Or, they'll expand upon it in a future episode. Only at the conclusion of the season 
can we go back and say, well, that was too quick, or that was too short, or this should have happened here? When you're in the middle of a current live season, you have to give it a second to find its pacing, to find its story, to find its heart, to reveal information. And at the end of the day, this is supposed to be geared towards younger children that are younger than your audience that would be watching Lower Decks. So you really can't get knee-high in minutia of character development because, frankly, for a kid under the age of, say, 13, it's boring. Like, no one wants to tune in to Star Trek Prodigy and try to watch General Hospital, right? Or uh, Season 6 of Grey's Anatomy. Nobody does that. You're there watching Dahl do his thing, and the time between the last episode and this episode is like no time. So his character is going to be the same that he was in Episode 1 through 5. The same. There's no, there's no change because there really hasn't been a time jump per se. I think there's like a little one in like episode three or four maybe but they've pretty much all been you can press play on the on the pilot and it all play out in real time almost there might be time jumps in between inside the episode itself inside of the day that they're showing us but there hasn't really been a time jump in between it's not like tng where you'll go from yesterday's enterprise and then the next thing you see is we're at Starbase 17, and we've been here for three weeks. Like, whoa, three weeks? And that's a lot. There's a lot of that going on in TNG. There's a lot of time jumping. And that, they don't have that here. So Dahl's character arc is the same as it was in Episode 1 through 5. And I think this one here kind of really showed him um, that he needs to not act like he is top dog. And like the, like, like the uh, small guy says... Uh, self-appointed captain and through doing the Kobayashi Maru test and failing all those times and he finally comes to the realization that he needs to uh, take other people's thoughts and ideas into uh, account and his, his, his character flaw is on display when they tell him what's happening and then the crew that gets materialized for the, for the, Kobayashi, for, for the Kobayashi Maru when he says, does anyone know them? Does anyone know them? No? Alright, let's go. And the whole crew's like, uh, uh, no we're not. We're gonna help these guys. And he's like, fine. Let's go back and do this. And then he finds a unique way of doing it and almost succeeding too. He almost passed the flipping test. And then got cocky at the last minute. And I'm very happy that they showed the Enterprise D. Because... I was, it was like, why aren't they showing me like the outside version? Like when they fire the photon torpedoes, would be the perfect opportunity to, to, to do to sh showcase the Enterprise D. I understand it's not, it's not, it's not the hero ship, but my issue with any Star Trek show is the Star Trek show does not know that it's a hero ship. So, in universe, it doesn't really make sense why you wouldn't show the Enterprise D firing the torpedoes. Because it doesn't know it's a hero ship. It doesn't, it doesn't know it's fiction. But I am happy that we got to see the Enterprise on the screen. And then it being destroyed by Dahl on accident. And then that's when him and Spock have a heart to heart. I mean I really, really appreciated this episode for bringing back original cast members. And most of which aren't with us, aren't with us anymore. So I am really appreciative of the fact that they used actual lines from those characters. 
rather than just having a voice actor. Like I said, like I said, like I said, like I said earlier. It's like when you have watched watch a cartoon and you see a character you know, but the voice actor isn't the same, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, it wasn't the same because it wasn't an actual person. You cannot pivot around and say the, uh, the other side of the argument when it suits you at that moment if it's not going to be the same the other way around. I mean, sure, there, there could have been ways to clear up the audio better, or maybe they just didn't have the original track and they had to worry work with the, uh, the track that, that, that they had. It's not, I don't, I, to, to my knowledge, when they were remastering stuff, they gotta find the master stuff, and then they gotta try to, un, 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 they gotta find the different levels or whatever it is, like the music, and then audio, and all this other stuff. Maybe they just didn't have that. And so, the next best thing is just take the audio from that episode and put it in. And maybe the way that they did it just didn't work too well, but one could argue that it was just log entries, and it was used to, populate the character because it wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be uh, active learning program like the holodeck tends to be where you just play out and go to dinner and go to the beach and do all these things and get a teriyaki sandwich or whatever it wasn't meant for that it was meant for it's you couldn't sit there and have a conversation with Spock about um, so something that was currently happening it's not inside of his programming because he's just there be the Kobayashi the Kobayashi Maru and they show the ship I don't know if that's like the design from whatever or from the novel or if it was from an actual thing or I'm pretty sure one of the YouTuber people that cover this stuff later on in the day are going to break it all down which I enjoy watching sometimes they hit out of the park sometimes they're a little too asinine and then they get to like what I would do and what they should have done and Blah, 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 blah. You hop in the minutia, you hop in the minutia rather than just enjoying what they're seeing. Because I really, 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 really appreciated what I was seeing on screen when it came to Odo, when it came to Uhura, when it came to Spock, when it came to Doctor Doctor uh, Doctor Crusher. I thought it was I thought it was well done. And the animation style, I mean. There are people that 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 we know. They're not going to be perfect. It's an animated show in the first place, so it's not going to be exactly the same. I mean, it's like expecting a Grand Theft Auto cutscene or a split scene, whatever you call it, to be exactly looking like real life. If it's based off someone, they're not going to look exactly the same. If it's a creation of their mind, then it will it'll be more fine. I think that's maybe what's throwing a little a couple people that I've heard so far with their with their reviews on the um the look is they already grew up on that character so they expect that character to look a certain way i mean i had no problem with the way spock looked i had no problem with the way beverly crusher looked i recognized them immediately i knew who they were if you showed me a still picture and said who's that i'm like oh that's spock that's a her that's scotty that's a that's a that's odo i, th I thought the whole episode was just was just well was this great and spock had a lot of a lot to do they, I mean, they literally wrote this. They wrote that thing around the lines for Spock. So really, it wasn't. They wanted to take like a couple sound, one or two sound bites, and merge it into the thing. He was basically there for the entire Kobayashi Maru from the beginning to the end of it when they were on the Klingon ship. So, I think, I think, at the end of the day, um, years from now, when people are watching the several seasons of Prodigy. I think this is going to be 
one of the episodes that is going to be a fan favorite just because um, it basically was a love letter to, to, to a toss because I mean, you had most of the crew there, just about. I mean, you have Scotty, you have Uhura, you have Spock. I mean, three people of TUS, of TUS were there. So, they like screaming out, what, what show is that person from? Oh, that's from Toss. And then you just turn on the original series and bing, there, there you go. And then you just start the, start the transition from one show to the next. So, And then with kids... You know, if he's got a voice actor, like, well, that doesn't sound like that person. And then it takes him out of it. Like, this is the first time someone's watching Prime Leonard Nimoy Spock, and it was a voice actor, or it was Ethan Peck, for instance. It wouldn't be the same as watching Leonard Nimoy on the original series. So it would take anyone out of it, I think. You're like, well, that's not the way that person sounds. Kids are very perceptive. They know more than what we think, what they think they do. I mean, just think of yourself at a, at a younger age. Did you need a lot of stuff stretched together to make something make sense. No, you just read the room, you know. And what this episode did really quickly, thankfully, is it is it let it be known that it's okay to make mistakes, that we're all one family, we'll figure it out, and we'll go on to the next thing. I mean, Zero summed it up perfectly when he was talking to he was talking he was talking to Gwen. I mean. You don't need to have emotional, long, dramatic scenes to showcase something. Just to have it to where the reviewer can go, Oh, they had this fine. Great. <sighs> Nobody cares. Not really. As long as it makes sense inside of the context of the show and what they're doing at that time, then it's fine because it can evolve. It can change. We're in, epi- we're in episode six. We've not seen the rest. TNG, you can retrospectively analyze character development and growth per different seasons based off what they did from the point A to point to point B season 1 to season 7. We don't have that luxury right now because it's currently active. So we can't criticize a show, an episode that's not necessarily um, bottle shows or whatever what happens in episode 1 doesn't apply to episode 2 like uh, most of TNG. So, when we're looking at the character growth and what they're doing and how their arcs are expanding and how they're working together and how they're modifying and changing over the course of time, we're too early in. I mean, episode six. It's like criticizing TNG in season one, episode six, saying that this person here's character should be doing this stuff here because of these reasons here. Not necessarily, not necessarily needed. Now, if at the end of Season 6, or Season 7, they haven't resolved this issue, then yeah, you can be super critical of that. But that's not, that's not what's needed here. We just need to let the show breathe a little bit. Let it expand. Like, before this episode, we had no idea Jacote was going to be on the end of the thing, and he's going to be the captain of the damn protostar. So, it's, it's happening in real time. So, we have to give it a little bit of a wide berth. Give it a chance to kind of breathe and come into its own. And, Figure out the stuff and the relationships between the characters, and I'm pretty sure Doll was, Doll was written as an arrogant dick, and uh, and and full of himself for a reason, so he could slowly come to the other side. And I think this episode showcased that, and I think Spock really got to him. And I think um, over time he's going to start changing, and we're going to see it. 
it can't always be in one in the if you resolve all your conflicts and your issues inside of that episode you have nothing to talk about later so the way they did episode six i have absolutely no problem i mean i i think it's gonna be one of my favorite i think it's gonna be one of my favorite episodes of prodigy so far just because i love when they bring in past uh people and this is i think the first time outside of deep space nine travel and tribulations or whatever we had so many previous characters on on a on a uh, uh, on a ship working together so i think i think when history goes and looks backwards at prodigy this is going to be one of those shows where you talk about where where you talk about trial trial and tribulations and how it relates to toss and then you're going to talk about prodigy and what they did with spock and aurora and scotty and uh and the doctor uh crusher and let's not forget that we got klingons we got to see the kobayashi maru ship and we got to see the and we got to see the enterprise d albeit just for a little bit but all in all great episode really got me stoked for the next episode and i hope they dive into the whole time travel thing because i really don't like it when like something um curious happens and then no one gives a shit for like six episodes like if I'm blackmailed, I'm gonna be focusing on that right now. I'm not gonna open, open my open, I'm not gonna open my mailbox. Look at, at, at look at the blackmail, and then next next episode I'm going to a movie and having some dinner, and the blackmail don't matter. That's gonna be a pivotal part of my flipping life. So the 17 years earlier thing should come into play somewhere in those files that that they're reading. They said it's gonna take months to discern. Kind of reminds me of the sphere data almost a little bit from from this. From, dis- from from discovery but I'm sure as this season develops we're going to learn a whole lot more we might even see a Captain Jacotay in this next episode actually on the way to look for the protostar now that we've established his relationship and why he cares and why he's there he doesn't have to he doesn't have to say anything we don't have to have wasted lines now of Captain Jacotay on board whatever ship Saying things like, yeah, I was the captain of, of, of that ship five years ago. Everyone on your ship's going to know that. Or you know, we're going to have it on the screen where it has his service record. And you can just read it and like, oh, he was on Protostar. We got that this episode. It, it was a reveal. And now we don't need to be revealed again. So if we do get Captain Jacote on his other ship looking for the, 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 the uh, Protostar, we won't have to have that exposition of we learn that he's the captain. So... I thought that was really great. I mean, for 23 minutes, they sure did a lot. And a lot happened. There's a lot to celebrate in this episode. And I'm sure by the end of the night, I'm going to hear so much criticizing of, like, the audio and the track and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it's going to be a memorable episode when people look back at it. And the fact that they had him was great. I mean, that, that takes a conscious choice. I mean... It, it, it was really well done, and then at the end when they did the whole uh, when they did the celebration at the end for Leonard Nimoy and Scotty and uh, James Duhan and uh, um, Leonard Nimoy and Rene Abajos, I can never get his name right. So I thought that was I thought I thought that I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm gonna wrap this podcast up with my final thoughts of. 
I'm really enjoying Prodigy. I'm li I I'm liking it as much as I like Lower Decks. I kind of like it a little more because there's not as many references. Love me some Lower Decks. But I'm digging that the show has its own footing. It doesn't have to rely too heavily on something else. And if it does rely on something else, it's not as broad and not as involved. So, Lower Decks and Prodigy, both really well done shows. <laughs> and I can't wait to see what they give me next week. Can't wait. You guys have a good, good rest of your day and hopefully you enjoy this episode as much as I did.